everybody. It's Drags, and it's Wednesday, June 12th. Time for episode 302 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter, as always, at PatriotsCLNS. Welcoming back this week, Alex Barth of clnsmedia.com, covering the NFL and the Patriots. Follow him on Twitter, at Real Alex Barth, that's all one word, R-E-A-L-A-L-E-X-B-A-R-T-H. What's going on, Alex? How are we doing, Trags? I'm just uh, loving the summer. I know the uh, Patriots are loving the fact that this week they did not have uh, practice uh, Monday and Tuesday in OTAs, so there was no football organized activities, and therefore they got a little bit of an early um, jump start on their summer. Well, there was paintball. The report from Jeff Howe on Monday that the Patriots went and played paintball. Well, uh, gotta love their those day off. team bonding activities, right? Absolutely. You ever it, played paintball? I have not. Um, it, it hurts. I'm surprised heard, Belichick actually. let them do it. it, it it's, it's fun. I've done it a couple of times. It's a lot of fun. But you get hit with one of those, especially if it doesn't pop, it hurts. <laughs> you, you get a weld. It's there for a while. They're bullets. I mean, they're paint bullets, but they're like bullets. Yeah, no, they are um, – They. You feel them. Well, is let me let me get right to it. Is Nick Casario going to stay with the Patriots? So there's a lot of legal jargon in here. This would have been the week to have a lawyer on tracks and said you're stuck with me, but I'll do my best here. Uh, this Kevin Duffy posted this earlier, and this is kind of the most helpful guide I've seen to this whole situation. This is in the the NFL rule book in regards to teams talking to people employed by other teams in the league. Basically what it says is that there's two parts. The first part is that a team is not required to grant their employees interviews with other teams for, for the general umbrella. If the Texans want to interview a member of the Patriots, one of their coaches, uh, the Patriots for the most part have the right to say no. However, the one caveat is that if the team offer if the team seeking the individual in this case the Texans is willing to offer sight on scene no interview but offer a position that is a higher rank than the current position held then the team in this case the Patriots would have to let that individual out of their contract if that individual is willing to take the other job so basically what this means is that the Patriots have refused the Texans' request to interview Casario before they can do it again. However, if the Texans come out and say, we want to offer you Nick Casario the general manager job, and Nick Casario wants to take it, the Patriots have very little course of action to stop that. Because as, as it stands right now, he is director of player personnel, which ranks below general manager. Now, there's a couple of things the Patriots can do, and if they do them, get ready for the Patriots or cheaters. Because these – they're not – as best I can tell, they're not illegal, but they're definitely not – Well, they're not cheaters. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Back that up a little no, bit. No, I'm saying if the Patriots do I, this, get I, ready for the narrative. I understand that. I, I understand that, Alex. What you're saying um, – we uh, – you and me both know that they wouldn't necessarily be cheaters, but that – that um storyline out there, right. uh, that narrative of them cheating would not have any uh, validity to it simply because uh, there is an intended gray area right. in that NFL rule book so teams can protect themselves. Right. No, li- literally all I'm saying is just Patriots fans, if they do this, get ready to defend the wall again. 
and and read up this is uh it looks like it is section six article one uh that kevin duffy has has it up on on his twitter you can find it there but basically patriots could do one of two things to keep casario if he wants to go to the texans and again if he wants to leave for the texans to be a gm and they don't let him go that's that's some gray area to begin with in terms of you know what that does for morale but the patriots could either promote him but at that point, you're promoting him to GM or higher, which means he then outranks Belichick, and I don't think Belichick's going to do that. The other thing they could do is come up with some new title that is above GM, but it's still in some way not above Belichick. Essentially promote him to GM and then come up with some new title for Belichick that keeps him above Casario. That all sounds really convoluted. I don't think the Patriots are going to do that this time. Um, and, and I don't I think don't... they will either. I just wanted to be thorough. But my, my point – ultimately the point is – it comes down to whether or not Casario wants to leave because I think the Texans would offer him the job site unseen to get him, and it comes down to whether or not he wants to leave, and that seems to be the, the angle of this that nobody has a, a read on. Right, and he's, let, let's you know understand that Nick Casario has been with the Patriots for over a decade now. Right, and he's almost four, two. No, almost two, that's right. And he is 43 years of age, and at some point he has to make up his mind – do I want to run my own ship entirely? And he knows he has to report to Bill Belichick. But the thing is, Bill Belichick and Nick Casario and Josh McDaniels have a good thing going. And I, th- there's a comfort level there that I don't, I'm not so sure. Whenever Nick Casario has spoken um, under the mantle uh, of the Patriots, he has always been so loyal to Belichick and the organization. And not just loyal. I mean, I remember on draft night when he was giving his press conference, you could close your eyes. It could be Belichick speaking, for all you know. The same monotone voice, intonation. All, he, he'll tell you a little more, but very similar. But, yeah, I just – look, you're, you're right with that. And if this was just about any other organization, I would say, yeah, he's not leaving. But if there were some place he was going to go – Houston does make a lot of sense in that they have a a young quarterback established. He doesn't have to deal with going and finding a quarterback, which is what kills most of these young GMs. And he has a coach he's familiar with and has a relationship with Bill O'Brien. I think that's those are the only two reasons we're talking about this are Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson. I think those two pieces being in place are very attractive to him. Anywhere else, I don't think you look at him leaving. Um, but again, this is this is really going to come down to whether he wants to or not, and that's that's the part we haven't seen reported. The Patriots will not grant the Texans an interview. I highly, highly, highly doubt they would. But if the Texans come just just come to Casario and say, "You don't need an interview with us. We trust you. You learned under Belichick. Bill O'Brien speaks highly of you. We think you know what you're doing. Here's the GM job. Here's the contract. Sign on the dotted line and fly down to Houston." He can, Casario can say he wants to stay all he wants when he sees that offer in front of him. How's that going to affect him? Well, the other thing I I want to point out here, not to interrupt you, Alex, speaking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media, if Belichick or and or the Patriots uh, were to block him, um, that would kind of be a read on how long Bill Belichick would be with the organization, right? Well, as I'm thinking about the hold on, as I'm thinking about this, if the Patriots, meaning either Robert or Jonathan Kraft, more likely Jonathan Kraft, were to block this, that would mean that the Patriots want Casario in place 
when and if Belichick leaves in the next, let's say, four to five years, right? But didn't we say that same thing about Josh McDaniels? No, this and is then- totally different. No, 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 no. This is totally different, Alex. This is uh, – Casario has the um, skill set of a general manager, not of a head coach. And Right, but when you're replacing – you have to remember, when you're replacing Belichick, you're replacing two people. And I not- think the crafts are like, look, if Belichick's going to leave, we want somebody – who knows how to run an NFL operation and has had a proven track record of success here in Foxborough and let's keep him here. And maybe, you know, and the other thing that's not being reported, Alex, that I think is fascinating to speculate about is this could be a whole new level of a tug of war between Belichick and the Crafts. If, if Belichick is the one who says, no, let Casario go. And the crafts are like, no, we don't want to let him go. When you it, when you leave, Bill, we want somebody in place who knows what he's doing and knows us. I don't. I, I just see that as unlikely because I think Casario is. I consider Casario on the level of an Ernie Adams. I actually put him above Josh McDaniels in the Belichick circle of trust. I think that he is Bill's guy through and oh, through. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I'm not. I, I think you're missing my point, Alex. My my point is. It may be the crafts who would block this, not Belichick. And, I, and, and what I'm saying is I can't imagine a situation where Belichick would be okay with Casario. I think Belichick is, is going to do all that he can short of giving up his GM title to prevent Casario from leaving. I don't know about that. I mean, if if Belichick feels he's lost, look, Belichick has lost a lot already this off season, right? And that's been well reported and well documented. And to lose a guy like Casario, a confidant, would be a huge blow in the off season. Um, going into and, and the Patriots would have to uh, really um, struggle and uh, uh, really scramble, I should say, uh, to find his replacement. Should uh, Casario want this job and say, look, I'm leaving, you know, and there's nothing really any, anybody can do anything about that. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think when you talk about this situation, it's a fascinating discussion because of who has the final say, right? Right. Well, the, the one other thing that's worth bringing up here, and this is where it's, you know, the Patriot, it being the Patriots makes it tough in that, Anybody's contract who doesn't need to be public is not public. Bill Belichick's contract isn't public. Uh, Ernie Adams' contract isn't public. Nick Casario's contract is not totally public. The best I can find from my research is a piece written by Jeff Howe back when he was with the Herald. Um, so that way, and that was in January 2017. And he has Casario under contract through, quote, at least 2020. At least 2020. Now, if that means 2020, really doesn't matter what the Patriots do. Because worst case scenario, you get Casario for another year, and then he can go. You know, the the Texans can find a bridge guy for a year, and then he can go with the Texans next offseason. If at least twenty twenty means through twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, that's another story. So yeah, but if he's to... under contract, I'm going to stop you right there. If he's under contract, the Texans could trade for him, like make an offer. Uh, ironically, how uh, the the Crafts acquired Bill right. Belichick, they could just say, "Look, we'll buy him out and." Uh, we'll make a deal with the organization and give you some type of compensation that the league would sign off on. But the other thing they could do 
and this 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 is a little outside of the box. You normally see this with players, but they could find a bridge guy. They could say, you know, maybe nod, nod, wink, wink. Casera says the Patriots won't let me out, but I'd be interested in say 365 days. Texans give Bill O'Brien direction over player personnel for a year. Casera's contract expires January 1st, 2020, and then he joins the Texans starting next season. So my point is if he only has one year left on that deal, it doesn't really matter what the Patriots do because if he knows he can go and get a GM job and that's what he wants to do, he's going to leave at the end of next season regardless. So you're only keeping him for one more year if you block this right now. If he's under contract through 2023, 2024, the stakes are a little higher because then, like you said, you're looking at a possible replacement for Belichick. But if that contract ends at the end of this year and he is free to walk after this upcoming season, then I I don't even think it's worth blocking it at that point because if he really has aspirations of going elsewhere and running his own ship, is keeping him for one year – and having him upset and, and risking upsetting other people really worth it. The other uh, aspect of this is Monty Asenfort, right? The director of uh, Amic- uh, college scouting for the Patriots. Right, we well, would assume he'd be the next one up. Yes, you, you would. And um, to our knowledge, nobody has made a request on him, correct? I mean, there's been no story out there that he is looking to speak with the Texans. Look, this is about the Texans really um, – Really wanting, uh, yeah. I think this to is have more about Nick, Nick Casario, Casario. Yeah. right? I, I I don't think this is all right. Let's get whoever we can get from the Patriots. No, I I think it's it's Nick Casario. I think that's the guy they want. I think if they don't get him, I, I actually don't know what's going to happen if they don't get him because they seem to have all their eggs in this basket. So I, it, whether that's a good idea or not, people can decide for themselves. It's a fascinating story. We'll have uh, more in just a moment. Uh, speaking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started. That means you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Patriots Beat a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up now at patriots.robinhood.com. That's patriots.robinhood.com. Back with Alex Barth of CLNS Media and clnsmedia.com. Follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Um, the reason we've spent, you know, the first half of this podcast talking about Nick Casario is the kind of job he's done for Bill Belichick and how much uh, Nick Casario is respected by Bill Belichick. What would he? What would his loss mean in terms of the procurement of talent that this organization does? Not just. At the NFL draft and not just in March free agency, but the way the Patriots roster build throughout the season. That means, you know, that window between the end of, uh, 
preseason and the regular season, how the Patriots have been absolutely brilliant in the last three uh, victorious Super Bowl runs of theirs in acquiring key players mid-season. How would that loss of Nick Casario, do you think, be impacted in, in those areas, Alex? I mean, honestly, it's really hard to say because we don't know what it would look like without him. Like you said at the top of the show, he's been with the Patriots since 2001. He's been in his current role since 2004. So there's there there, there is no control group to test this against. You, you can't say, well, this is what it was like before Casario was here, so it could go back to something like this. No, I, th- th- this is all we've known following this team as long as Belichick has been here. Again, Casario got here in 2001. He became director of pro personnel in 2004. The title changed in 2008, uh, but, but he has a very similar role. He went from pro personnel to player personnel, so he just has more of a hand in the draft. But it's... I, I don't even know where you'd begin with that because it's it's tough to know what exactly – we know what he does, but there is such a level of secrecy with the Patriots. You know, it's tough to say, okay, what, what specifically is he influencing versus what is Belichick influencing versus what is Ernie Adams influencing? And because all three of those guys have been together for so long for the entirety of this thing, essentially – you don't know what it looks like when you take one out. I think you know what it looks like to take Belichick out. But with a guy like Adams or Casario, you don't know what it looks like when you take one out because you don't exactly know where the Patriots as a whole stop and that individual's input begins. So I, I, yeah, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer to your question, but I, I don't know what to say because I have nothing to go on what, what Belichick is without Casario. I mean I could go by the 96 Browns. That would be the most recent example of Bill Belichick coaching without Nick Casario helping him out. So it would be really tough to say, and that's why this is such a big deal, because he is such a crucial cog. There are so few truly instrumental cogs in the Patriots machine because they are so good at at not just players, but coaches and everybody training people and preparing them for the next level. I think Casario may be one of those true irreplaceable cogs. Well, and and I think Casario has done his best work midseason, and that's where he – serves so many purposes. Let's not forget Casario is somebody who has really helped the Patriots out in practice, right? And he really um, can not only do the administrative work in the front office, this guy is another coach on the field. Yeah, oh, he, he I, again, just one of these guys, the, the people Belichick brings in, and there's a reason you see guys like like Joe Judge, right? Joe Judge was the special teams coach, and now he's going to be the wide receivers coach this year. And most people like that, why is there a special teams coach coaching wide receivers? No, no, no. If you're going to work for Bill Belichick, you just need to understand football, all elements of it, the X's totally. and O's, the team building, the salary cap, the draft. You need to understand how every little thing works. And Casario is perhaps, again, I'll throw out Ernie Adams' name because I just think even without knowing what Ernie Adams does, I think he made <laughs> one of the greatest football minds on the planet right now. You're right. If Belichick's Darth Vader, Ernie Adams is the emperor. Um, but Nick Casario is the poster boy for know how to do everything. He was a personnel assistant, an area scout, director of pro personnel and director of player personnel. He's worn so many, and those are just the titles. Forget the stuff he's done off his title. He knows how to do a little bit of everything. And that's part of the reason he's so irreplaceable because you may find a guy who's great at the in-season trades and all that, like you mentioned. You might find a guy who's a great help during the draft. You may find a guy who can help you out at practice. Are you going to find a guy who can do all of that at an incredibly high level? Probably not. It's going to take, just like 
you know, I'll, I'll use another example that's kind of off the beaten path. Replacing Rob Gronkowski. You don't replace Rob Gronkowski with just one player because he did so much. It's going to take two, three, four, even five players to fill in everything Gronk gave you last year. Casario's the same way. If you lose him, you're not just replacing him one-on-one. It's going to take numerous people to fill the void that he leaves if and when he leaves. All right. Speaking with Alex Barth of clnsmedia.com covering the Patriots and the NFL along with colleague Evan Lazar. You're working on a uh, off-season special, uh, and you've uh, tweeted out a number of them. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, so it's just something fun I'm doing on Twitter. What I originally wanted to do was rank all 60 Patriot seasons, the 60 days leading up to uh, the season. But unfortunately, I wasn't alive for more than half of those. So, you know, it got a little tough trying to get into the nuts and bolts of like the 1971 Patriots. And I may try another swing at it again next year. The one I am doing, uh, which I'm having a lot of fun with, is just started at 99 days to go till Patriots kickoff. I'm using one player from each number, 99, 98, 97. Now it is not the best player, which some people have called me on. So I just want to be clear. I'm, it's just players I, I think deserve some appreciation. I'm throwing them into the spotlight. And just to make it a challenge for myself, Nobody who is on the current team or was on the team last year. So you won't see Tom Brady at 12. You won't see Rob Gronkowski at 87. You won't see Julian Edelman at 11. But if you know me, you probably weren't going to see him there anyway. Um, but that's that's what we're, what we're doing. I'm having some fun with it. I, I love people's feedback on Twitter the other day. For 95, I used Chandler Jones. I had a lot of people asking me about Roman Pfeiffer, and it was just kind of fun to talk with people on Twitter about, about Roman Pfeiffer for um, – 98, we had a lot of fun. Obviously, some people wanted Trey Flowers, Andre Carter. I ended up going with Anthony Pleasant, who led the 2001 team in sacks. That was a defense that had Willie McGinnis, Richard Seymour, Anthony Pleasant, who Belichick brought over from New York, led the team in sacks. So today was 89, which was actually one of the two easiest, because only one Patriot ever wore 80. Do you know who it is? Let's see if you know. Only one Patriot's ever worn 89. Is that right? Yeah. Do you, do you know who it is? Patriots Hall of Famer. It's retired. Oh my God, this is bad. Is it, uh, Matt House? I, no. It's before your time. That would be Bob D. Oh no. I, I, the Boston I, Patriots from 1960 to 1967 recorded the first ever touchdown in the history of the American Football League when he recovered a fumble in a preseason game against Buffalo and the quarterback for the, the, the Bills who fumbled that snap, whose name is escaping me, his dad at the time was the general manager for the Boston Bruins. So how about that? So Bob D was, wow. was 88 by the time people listened to this on when it was 89. 88 was a tough one for me. I was between Terry Glenn and Christian Fourier. Terry Glenn caught Tom Brady's first touchdown pass. Christian Fourier scored the first touchdown Gillette Stadium. So people have to check out Twitter to see what I ended up going with with 88. What about, uh, I liked your one for 90, Toby Williams. See, and I didn't know who he was before I did this, and that's part of the reason I did it, and I didn't go with best player. I just did players I picked because I'm learning – and I actually already mapped out all of them all the way down to zero, and there is a zero, by the way. Um, I mapped them all out, and I'm learning about Patriots players I didn't know about before and guys that I probably should have known about. And, I mean, that's on me. I'm becoming more of a Patriots historian and the thing people always say about my generation of Patriots fans is oh you don't know what it was like you have no concept pre-2001 and any of that and I want I want to learn I do and I've always said that I probably don't have as much of an understanding of that time period as I should and this has kind of helped me do it another guy I learned about that I found 
very interesting was for number 96 was Brent Williams, who when he retired was second all-time in team sacks. He had 43 and a half sacks with the Patriots. Nobody ever talks about Brent Williams. Yeah, I would not so, have known that either. But again, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and the 90s were fun. A lot of defensive line. I think it was all defensive line. I don't think I did any linebackers. Let me scroll through here real quick. I did not. So 89, even Bob D was a defensive lineman. But we get into some fun tomorrow in the 80s, and then we're going to have a month straight of just offensive linemen, which I know everyone Lazar will love. So um, no, it's it's been really cool to learn. And again, if if I, I want people to kind of interact with me on Twitter because. Whoever I put up for 88 tomorrow, if there's an 88 I'm missing from like 1965 who was a great player, like I want people to tell me that because I want I, I want this to be a learning experience for me and all Patriots fans who grew up on the 2001, the Belichick Patriots, to understand that there's a whole history. And I know at times they were a joke, but again, Bob D is a historical figure, not just for the Patriots, but the game of football. He was one of the great defensive linemen in the AFL, a guy I'm going to get to. You know, when we get much closer to the season, Gino Capaletti, I feel like people don't know enough about. Even Toby Williams, who you mentioned, more Patriots fans should know who that is. It's like it's little stuff like that, like the fact that um, Bob D once when, when he played in the snow, he would wear a regular cleat on one foot and a basketball sneaker on the other because it gave him better traction because he was always rushing off the same edge. So he always had the same plant foot. So he did that every time in the snow. And he felt like it helped make him a better player. I never heard that story. That's an awesome story. And it's super minutiae. I get that. But it, it's it's this kind of stuff that I love digging back through old Patriots things. And there'll be modern Patriots too. Again, Chandler Jones was on there. There's going to be a bunch of guys from the Super Bowl run too. It's it's 100 players because, again, there is a zero. If anybody knows who that is, very impressive. But – and it's not the mascot. Yeah, so I was going to say it's not Pat Patriot or it's it, not uh, so Elvis. It, it was – the mascot, the mascot wore zero, but then somebody asked the team one time, was like, why is the mascot wear zero? That's so, we want to be number zero. We want to be number one. So they changed it. But no, there actually was an un- another number zero. He only wore it in the preseason. But there, there are, my, my rule for each one was there has to be a picture. If there's no picture, I can't use it. But there is a picture of a Patriots player wearing number zero. So that's going to be, that, that's going to be game day. That will be, you know, kickoff Patriots season. What is it? September 7th. Uh, against the Steelers, you'll find out who number zero was, unless you can figure it out before then, or if you hack my phone, because the whole list is on my phone. But please don't do that. <laughs> no, we we do not want anybody hacking anybody's um, right email, phones, what have you. <laughs> um, how's Lowell? Lowell is good. Um, for those people who don't know, I'm the MC, and uh, I play a character on Lowell Spinner's social media uh, su- a super fan character on the Little Spinner social media. First game is Friday night. The roster, if you followed the MLB draft this year, we got a bunch of guys the Sox took this year. Uh, a, a, expecting once again a number of high draft picks to be in Lowell. Season opens on Friday. We're home Friday and Saturday night. The weather's supposed to be awesome. Come on out. We have uh, the opening night is just going to be a bunch of awesome festivities all around. Saturday night is going to be Pirate Night. So you'll get to hear me talking a pirate accent a little bit, and um, oh my god! You know what? For for what we do with the Patriots, and don't get me wrong, I love love what I do for CLNS and reporting on all, all the Patriots and all that. It's awesome, but for a couple months to step into that environment, and for instance, I was down there yesterday. The team had their first practice of the year, and the GM 
kind of walked me through and introduced me to every player, and I got to chat with them and talk to them. And these are, you know, none of these guys are going to play in the bigs. They are not right now, but they, they're not like this year, but they will. And I got to sit around for all the practice, talk to them, talk to the coaches, just kind of hang out. And it's a nice change of pace from what we deal with with the Patriots. And I understand why it's different, and that's not faulting the Patriots at all. Sure. But just to go back and forth from Right, to go back and forth from the Patriots to, to short season A baseball, it's it's nice to kind of have both extremes. It's nice to see to, to, to be able to play both sides of, of, of reporting. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our great guest and colleague, <laughs> Alex Barth, covering the Patriots for CLNS. You can and should be following him at Real Alex Barth, R-E-A-L-A-L-E-X-B-A-R. TH for producer Michael Angi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.